And this morning, uh, I'm really excited to speak about, um, you know, new levels in commitment. Say it after me, new levels in commitment. Okay, here's a disclaimer, all the single people, this is nothing to do with relationship. All right, leave it aside and we're going to talk about other things or most importantly, the commitment that God is calling you out for. All right, where God has put a word in your heart or God has put a mission in your heart or a work in your heart and God is calling you out for a commitment. And, and we are so glad as pastors that God has given a handful of people who are so committed to serve God in this church. And we really praise God for that. From every ministry team, you all have been committedly working and we praise God for that. And this is my desire that this year that each one of us will level up in our commitment. Right, we, we try to level up in everything, every year as season pass, we want to level up. But in our commitment, we don't really think about it much because commitment makes, me, makes us feel like we're doing it already. Right, I'm committed. What more? Right, but this morning, I want to encourage and I pray and this is my desire that at the end of this word, that God will help us to move into an incredible and amazing level of commitment. Amen. And this is what it is. When we commit our hearts to do something, God is also in exchange committing to do something amazing among us. Amen. And when we level up, God is also ready to level up with us. Amen. Because he's already got in stock. All right. He's already got in stock. And when we say, God, you know what? I'm ready to level up my commitment. He's like, I'm ready to open the gates for you. I'm ready to open the heavens for you. All right, so how many of you are ready for God's word this morning? Amen. And as a Christians or as born in a Christian family, we've always heard about being committed to church, being committed to God's word, being committed to God's work. And we've always been inspired by priests and pastors and especially missionaries who've committed their life for God. And there are some missionaries who really, really inspire me. And, you know, we have Adoni Ram Judson and his wife who went to Burma and they were imprisoned because they had to serve there and speak the name of Jesus. But nothing could stop this couple. And this is Judson and, and he was imprisoned. Most of the days he was just behind the bars. And they both were tortured. But guess what? His work and his commitment raised several churches in Burma, which stands even till now. And they have a Bible in their own local language because of this missionary's commitment. That's amazing, isn't it? Right? And we also have Mary Selsa, who saw missionary David Livingston's commitment in Africa. And she said, when that man is done, I'm going to step in and take his place and I'm going to serve in Africa. Where she uh, comes from a very, very uh, poor family and she did not care about it. When we like, have like, a background where we see our parents suffer or we don't come from a wealthy family, we go like, you know what, I'm going to change this. I'm going to change this position. But Mary, she was more like, I don't care if I come from a poor family. I don't know if I'm going to be poor all my life. I'm going to commit my life to serve God in Africa. And her commitment also gave a colloquial local language Bible to those tribes. 
And here's my favorite. We have Amy Carmichael who came to India. All right. And this is her name. Her name is Mighty Mary because she is one missionary who came and never left. For 55 years, she came and she never left. And the most interesting part is she had an illness which made her bedridden most of her days. She carried a disease, but nothing could stop her. And that's why people started calling her the mighty Mary. And she stopped children prostitution in India. She started schools and churches that even stand still now. And there's the commitment these people have carried. And, and God, every time he calls you out, he's calling us out with a passionate commitment that we could show towards his work. And not just saying, can you come and show what you can do? Well, we can do it with our strength, but God is looking out for commitment. And these people stand as a cloud of witness on how we could be committed towards God. And if you see Old Testament, God wanted his people to be committed in different ways. In Old Testament, the people were asked to be committed to keep his commandments, to keep his decrees, and to obey God's law and always wait on the coming of the Messiah. This is their commitment. Wherever they went, this was their commitment. But as New Testament believers, we've received the highest source of salvation, that is Jesus. So we no longer wait and hold, but we are called to move into from receiving to giving. As New Testament believers, we are called from just being to doing. We are called to be missional. We are called to go out and spread the word of God. And as New Testament Christians, we are not from, we are not into maintaining, but we are into making a difference. God is calling us for a different commitment. And we are moving from just waiting to walking in faith. Though you see it or you don't see it, God is saying, step out in faith. And we have to move from just desiring to actually putting your heart, your mind, your strength into whatever God is actually calling you to do. And that's the New Testament believer commitment that God is looking towards us. And I'm sure many of us have a desire to do something for God's glory and you are already committed. And I pray and believe that today we will learn and understand how God is expecting and how God is speaking and how God wants us to level up in our commitment. Shall we all turn our Bibles to uh, Genesis chapter 22? And we're going to read a few verses from here. And uh, you know the story. We all have read the story about Abraham uh, uh, sacrificing Isaac, how God asked for this burnt offering, and he did it. And if you could follow with me from verse 1 to 5, we will read in Genesis chapter 22, and here it goes. Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. Then he said, take now your son, your only son, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abraham, this is the best part. So Abraham rose early in the morning. That's crazy. None of us are morning people here, but this man wakes up early in the morning 
to sacrifice his son, and that's, that's like crazy level of commitment there. He woke up early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and two, took two his young men with him, and Isaac his son, and he split the woods for the burnt offering, and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship and we will come back to you. Abraham has proven his commitment here. And we will see different levels of how and why. And this morning, I want to show you what Bible really talks about commitment and how it reflects to us as a committed Christian. How many of you believe that you are a committed Christian? Few are really like putting their hand out and some are like, um, can you tell me how much of commitment we're talking about or what's the commitment you're talking about, the level, the percentage, you know, when it comes to commitment, we are like, okay, I am committed, but how much? You know, so we're unsure of it, but this morning I pray that God will really speak to us and, and, and teach us about what commitment is all about. So commitment in Bible, and I want you to write these points down if, if possible. But before we go into this point is, I also want to take you into examining yourself to see if we are actually committed. Okay, we will see our level of commitment later. But we're going to see if we are a cultural Christian or if we are a committed Christian. There is a huge difference, right? God cannot build his kingdom with cultural Christians, but God can build a kingdom with committed Christians. And here's the difference. A cultural Christian are Christians because something in their environment gave Jesus to them and gave the faith on Jesus to them. That they received from someone and they, are, and they are living their Christian life based on someone else's faith. But here's what a committed Christian will do. A committed Christian has chosen to follow Jesus wholeheartedly by themselves. And I believe each one of us have that experience. We are not based on our parents' faith. We are not based on what we've heard. But we are based on our personal commitment and we have personally decided to follow Jesus. Amen? Right? Have you all taken that commitment? Yes, awesome. A cultural Christian where his Christianity or her Christianity is important in varying degrees of their life, like their family, like their work and different aspects, where they feel like Christian ethics are amazing, I'm going to stick to that. It's good. I can debate on this. I'm going to stick to it because Christianity has good parables like it has good words good quotes it does no harm to others but here's what a committed christian will do a committed christian a lifestyle is where jesus sits at the center of their work their family life and every aspect of their life revolves around this cornerstone where it's not just about the principle, but it's about the person that their life is based on. Where Jesus gets to influence and impact their lifestyle, their family, everything. A cultural Christian will love God in their own comfort. I'm comfortable doing this. 
I'm comfortable just being in my sofa or my bedroom just watching church online. I love God. I can do that. Church online, I'm not offending you, but there are people who could do that, right? But a committed Christian will, will give up on anything because for the love of Jesus. They are not looking for comfort. All the three missionaries that I showed you before, they did not serve God in their comfort. In fact, they stepped out beyond their comfort zone because of the love for Jesus. So a cultural Christian will pick and choose the context on how to follow Jesus. But a committed Christian will go all out to follow God holistically from A to Z, Amazon. From A to Z, anything. From Genesis to Revelation, whatever God's word says that I will apply and I will abide by it, I'm not going to choose and pick. That's a committed Christian. And I want us to examine ourselves where we fall, where we stand, where is our leg upon. Amen? And here we're going to go into what Bible talks about commitment exactly and how it reflects on a committed Christian. And through the life of Abraham, we're going we're gonna to travel into this and we're going to learn together. And here's the first thing about commitment. All right, here's the first thing about commitment. Commitment needs to be in right order and a right heart. Say it with me, right order. Right order and right heart. How many of you are those people who kind of have to make sure everything is in order? Even if in your house, like one thing moves out of its place and you, you really can't wait and you just immediately shift it and, and make sure like, oh, that's cool. How many of you are like that? The order freaks? It's a good, good thing. No? None? Okay, few people. Awesome. How many of you are this nah people? I don't have a word. It's just ah. It's there. Nah. People who haven't raised your hands for both of them, I don't know what you are. All right, figure it out. You really need to know who you are. All right. So there is an order for every single thing. And the reason I say this is because when Abel and Cain were asked to give a sacrifice, all right, they both brought their sacrifice. I really feel bad. I don't know why uh, uh, Cain, was, he's a farmer. It's sorry, he's a veg, he was in the veg field. He had to bring his like stuff in. And Cain, well, he was in, you know, tending the flocks. He had a mutton there, good for him, right? But God chose to, to receive Abel's sacrifice. Why? They both gave a sacrifice. They both put their things out there and say, God, this is for you. But why did God choose Abel's sacrifice? It's because there is a way on how they had to give the sacrifice. It's not about, mm, I'll do it. It's not like, nah, all the nah people. There is an order on how you give your sacrifice, or you give your commitment. There can't be chaos and uncertainties in your commitment. Where you go like, um, if I can, I'll do. Um, if not, um, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, I'll come. Do you start like that? You don't want to say yes or no to that. <laughs> we all do. And God is saying, I'm calling you out, but there is an order on how to do it. But Abraham, he said, go up to the mountain, 
this particular place. Your one and only son, your one and beloved son. And I don't know why God is triggering with these words. He's saying your one and only son, the one that you love so much, burn him for me. Right? And God is saying this is how it should be. And God is so particular on how you should do. So when we commit ourselves, never say it's my way or your way. There's no way like that. There's only one way that is God's way. There's only one way of doing things that is God's way. So when God is calling you out to do something, you got to say, God, how can I do it? Tell me, how would you like me to do it? If you go to a restaurant and say, I want this, and the chef does his own thing, and, and he brings it to your plate, you are so unsatisfied with that, right? Right? You really like your stuff. In the same way, when you're serving in God's presence, he likes his stuff on how it should be done. So pray on asking God, how do you want me to do it? How can this be done in an order? How can this be done right? And a committed Christian will always focus on the journey with God. He's more committed or she is more committed towards the journey that they have with God. I know as you're serving in God's ministry, there might be times of disappointment and your commitment might drop there. But let me tell you, your commitment is not just about the work. It's about the journey you have with God. It's about the relationship that you have with God. So no matter what discouragement came, that's what the missionaries did. They were in prison more than once. And never once they said, I went to jail once, now I don't think I should try this. But they said, no, this is not about my work here. This is about my love for my God. This is for my relationship that I have. This is for the journey that I have with my God. And God's concern is not about your act in your commitment, but this is where he's more concerned about. He's more concerned about the demonstration of your willingness to do it. It starts right there. Starts right there. Commitment is a state of heart. Where when God is calling you, your heart leaps and says, yes, Lord, I will do it. You are willing. God wants people who are just willing. He's not bothered about your, your abilities, your talents, or, or how you're going to do it, your financial status or your life circumstances. He's only looking for people who are all willing to do it. And this is how it reflects on a committed Christian. A committed Christian is has a stability in character. A committed Christian has stability in their character. When they are so willing that their S will always be an yes. And when they say no to situations and sin, their no will always be a no. When Abraham had to go and sacrifice his son, it took him three days. Three days. And to do that kind of sacrifice, I'm very sure every day he could have taken a choice or in his mind he would have spoken to himself and said, God, this is not possible. It was three days of travel, but even after three days of travel, he looked up to the mountain and said, God, I'm coming to give the sacrifice. The level of commitment. He was strong in his character. He was strong in his yes. He was strong in his no. So as committed Christian, reflect and see if you are stable in your character when it comes to commitment. Commitment is something that you are willing to do, even if the emotion 
or the mood that made you say yes leaves, you still do it. Do you guys get it? Right? You do it even if the mood where you said yes leaves and you're still doing it. Now that's a level of commitment. Right? So as Christians, we got to be stable and committed Christians, stable in our character. The second point is this. Your commitment starts with what you say. Your commitment starts with what you say. And this is where I found it crazy. And I said in verse 3, where when God told him, I need your one and only son, your beloved son, to be a sacrifice. As a parent, I'm very sure there was so much emotion. There was so much words coming out of Abraham. But he didn't say a word. Next day morning, right the next day morning, he got up and he went. Your commitment is not about what you're going to accomplish, but on what you're going to speak. Your words have power. Where you restrain your tongue and say, hey, I know you're not capable, but you know what? Shut up. I'm going to just say yes. Maybe the lies of Satan is saying, you can't do it. Or this is not worthy. Or this is not worth it your time. But all of that, and then you come and say, mm, yes, I'll do it, God. Lord, I'm going to do it. And if you see David, he says in Psalms 23, even though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, he, he was walking through the valley of shadow of death and he did not say it's so dark, it's so painful, it's so, it's so bad, can we turn around? No, he's saying even though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I fear no evil, that man is singing. That man is praising and that's where your commitment starts and you know what, that's what God loves. The power of your words. So this morning, if God is calling you out to commit yourself for his work, his mission, and his commitment in this church, I want you to choose your words right. And this is, what, this is how it reflects on a committed Christian. A committed Christian is in control of their heart and their thoughts. No matter how the commitment given to you looks like, you're in control of your heart and thoughts that it's not fearing, it's not fleeting, it's not wandering around, it's not wandering behind its needs and wants, but it's an absolute control where you can sense what God is calling you out and you will use the right words and say, yes, Lord. Or say otherwise. A committed Christian, we are in control of our thoughts and our heart. And here's the third point. This is what the Bible say about commitment. Liberty is a quick offender of commitment. Liberty is a quick offender of commitment. If you see when Joshua took uh, the Israelites into the promised land, he was so sure that Joshua chapter 1, it literally says like, hey, come here. Come, come here. We're going to go into the promised land, but this is what it is. When you go there, make sure you keep up God's commandments. Make sure you keep your commitment so that you will live in the land happily. He had to remind them because this is what it happens. When Israelites were in a slavery or in a, a different land, they were sure, so sure of holding God's word and his commandments. But when they actually walked into the promised land, they compromised. It's their land now. They have conquered. 
it's our choice we get to make our rules we get to make our way yes god's commandment is there but why not we dress up like them why not we talk like them why not we speak like them why not could we do that and this is where our freedom our liberty or the leadership that god has put over your life can become a hindrance for your commitment and we got to be very careful about it and this is how it this is how it reflects on a committed christian a committed christian is secure in what god is doing right now and they commit to now to now that you are so satisfied with what your god is doing in your life right now that you don't take our you but that we don't take our liberty our our freedom oh if i do this no problem god stills okay we don't take those kind of freedom and we change our route in our commitment which is not desirable from god that's what cain did it's in my freedom to give it's in my freedom to sacrifice this is what i have i would do it my it's it's my will to do it but god was in pleased in that and i don't want any one of us to to work so hard in in committing yourself in your own way and not see the fruit of it and not see the fruit of it and also we need to understand and pray and say god i need discernment to understand what is the di- difference between the opposition for which i have to overcome and to which is calling me that will draw me close to my commitment we need spirit of discernment when we are committed because there are certain things that can resist you from your commitment there are certain things that we have to overcome we have to restrain from it we have to have the resistance to draw away from it so that we can fulfill the commitment we have in god and some of us do not have that how many of you pray for this saying god i need a spirit of discernment have you made that prayer yeah good for you because we really need that spirit of discernment because some of us are trying with all our heart giving our commitment uh, into god but along with the wrong advices the wrong way the wrong choices the wrong people and we feel like they're just helping but it's not actually helping but can we have the discernment of saying what should i overcome god what should i overcome because i'm not able to commit myself wholeheartedly to you what is that i have to leave behind in me and around me and what is it i have to cultivate what are the characters i need to cultivate in order to fulfill this god we need to make our prayers differently when we are committed to its god and here's the fourth point about commitment commitment will obey despite the price it pays commitment will obey despite the price it pays where abraham committed and he was not worried on he had, of course as a father he would have been worried but he did not see the price but he obeyed and that's where god says obedience is better than sacrifice obedience is better than sacrifice he was ready to pay the price and this is how it reflects on a committed christian a committed christian will always rejoice in the lord why is that so hard for us to obey why is it so hard for us to commit is because we don't find the joy in the lord 
All these missionaries we spoke about, all these people who went before us in the Bible, they found the joy in the Lord, so they never were discouraged or they never sat down or gave up on what God called them to do. They rejoiced in their pain, they rejoiced in their sorrows, they rejoiced in their failures. They said, I'm just going to be happy in the Lord. Be it good or be it bad, I'm going to just rejoice in the Lord. And when you rejoice in the Lord, obeying is never a tough thing. Commitments is never a tough thing. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they had to obey God's word and they just walked into the fire and they were happily walking inside. They rejoiced in the Lord over their life, over their death, over their pain. And God is saying, when you find your delight in the Lord, your commitment is the easiest um, you know, decision that you could ever make in your life. And here's the last thing. Commitment has the power to transform each generation. Commitment has a power to transform each generation. When God said, I want you to sacrifice your one and only son whom you love with your own hands. And I was wondering why is God emphasizing on these words, on these exact things? And this is why. Because God himself used the same words when he sacrificed his one and only son. And, and, and if you go past to the history where Abraham and God always had a covenant going, they always had deals going like, you come to me like this and I will come to you like this. I will bless your descendants. I will do this. But you got to keep my commandments. You got to follow this. Your generations have to do this. And there came a time where God wanted to test Abraham and he said, can you give your one and only son? And if you see the Mount Moriah, is located right in Jerusalem. Right in the place where God was going to demonstrate his love for us by actually sacrificing his son for us. And that was a beautiful commitment of Abraham. And you and I are actually sitting in the comfort of the commitment of Abraham. Where he said, Lord, I am ready to give for you. And God was like, you know what? I'm also ready to give for your descendants, for your people, my one and only son that I love. And this is how it reflects on a committed Christian. A committed Christian will always be fruitful. You will see the fruit of your commitment. Just like how Abraham saw it. You and I are the fruit of his commitment. Jesus, his life and his sacrifice was a fruit of his commitment where Abraham, the father of Israel, he came and said, God, I am committed to do what you want me to do and look after many generations. God is saying, there's a fruit of it. Now everyone receives salvation because of my son now. That your generation, your descendants will no longer be under sin and law. That whoever calls upon the name of Jesus, that they will be saved. Because of this one man's yes and willingness for a commitment. 
And church, let me tell you, your commitment can transform the situation in your family and for your generation. And every curse that has been bound in your families, let me tell you, your commitment can reverse that. You can always make a difference. If you feel like my grandfather had it, my father had it, and now I also see it in my family right now, let me tell you, when you were a committed Christian, when you work with your family, with Christ-centered, and, and work in God's kingdom committedly, you can see a transformation happen that will change for generations. You can turn it around. Your commitment has a power to, to change the game. Your, your commitment has a power to, to, to reverse things, to birth something new in your life, your family's life, and your children's 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 life. So never take your commitment lightly, be it little or be it more, be it less or more, be it now or later. Never take your commitment because God is giving you an opportunity to prove your love for him so that he can move, he can take that opportunity, he can take that willingness and do greater things in our life. If God has spoken into your heart and he's calling you out on missions, he's calling you out to serve, he's calling you out of things and saying, would you commit your life for me? I don't want anyone of us to hesitate because God is about to do greater things through your willingness to commit. Just your willingness. Just your willingness. And if we're sitting out there and saying, well, I really have the willingness to say yes. I really have the willingness to commit my life to God. I really have the willingness. I really am in control of my mouth. I really am in control of my thought. I really not, don't want to use my liberty uh, to divert my commitment. I really want to do it. But sometimes I feel I am not the one for it. Sometimes I feel I cannot do it. I am not made to do it. I'm feeble to do it. My, my physically, I'm not right for it. Mentally or spiritually, I am not right for it. If you're in that state, I want you to take, I want to take you back to the words of a missionary. And his name is James Hudson Taylor. He was a missionary in China. The name says that he's not from China. He went to China, the most communist country ever, and he goes there and he's planted so many churches. So many churches. If you're not a Chinese, it's so hard for you to understand their culture, their language, whatsoever. And this is what he said. And this is how he was able to, to plant churches and impact the community. These are his words. He says, when I can't read, when I can't write, when I can't speak or when I can't even pray, I can trust. Let me say that again. When I can't even speak, when I can't even write, when I can't even read and when I can't even pray, I can trust. Which is with just that trust. He was able to give Jesus to the most toughest community that is China. And what is stopping us to say, 
You might say, I can't even see, I can't even feel the anointing, I can't even feel the calling, I can't even know if it's going to work out. But God is saying, even through it all, can you just trust and commit yourself? Now that's the next level commitment. Where you are changing your character for God. That you're stabilizing your character for God and you're in control of your thought and your heart. And you're saying, God, I am going to be secure in what you're doing now. In the now, not of what happened later or what happened in the past or what's going to happen. I'm secure in right now. And God, I want to be fruitful in what you're doing. Now that's new level of commitment. And God is just asking you to come out in trust and come at yourself. Would you stand up with me as we're going to pray? If God has been speaking into your heart and you're just right there so close to come into your life and say, God, in whatever I'm doing, I want to come at even more deeper. I want to come at more stronger. My ministry in my workplace, my ministry in my uh, college life, my student life, or even me, as a person, if God is asking you to surrender and commit certain things away, I want you to speak to your God. And you know what? Your words can make a difference. Just like Abraham's willingness, just like his words and his act made a difference for the entire descendants of Israel. Your words, your willingness, your commitment towards God's work can change things for you for generations and eternity.